You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. We'll be in Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2. I want to ask you a question as we begin. Do you have beautiful feet? Now some of you might say, well that's kind of personal. I can tell you this. I've worshipped all over the world, and in most places other than America, when you go to a church to worship, you take off your shoes at the door. So there'd be no mystery if we were somewhere else. But here we get to wear our shoes. But when I ask if you have beautiful feet, I'm really not talking about your physical feet. I'm talking about what your feet look like from God's perspective. There are some criteria by which God calls our feet beautiful. And I want us to think about that criteria this morning as we look in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. If you're physically able, I want to ask you to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word, which I'll remind you is truth with no mixture of error. This is the living word of God. Luke chapter 2 verse 1 the Bible says, "In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered." This was the first registration that Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. Where else would a lamb be born? Because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold I bring you good news. Everyone say good news. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we pause in this moment to declare our neediness. Lord, we believe that apart from you we can do nothing. We believe that all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. So Lord, as your church gathers around your word, as we dig into your word for study today, I pray that you would move in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. That our spiritual eyes might be opened. That you would illuminate the scriptures for us. Give us understanding and give us inclination to respond to what you teach us. Lord, I pray you'd have your way in our midst today. Transform lives for the glory of King Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. In this month of December, we have been walking through a series titled Celebrate Christmas. A couple weeks ago, we talked about celebrating Christmas with bended knee, bowing before King Jesus in worship. We studied the wise men. Last week, we focused on Mary, specifically in verse 19 of chapter 2, and talked about celebrating Christmas in your heart. We talked about treasuring and pondering the birth of Christ. Well, this week, I want to focus upon the shepherds, key players in this Christmas narrative. And I want to encourage you and to encourage me to celebrate Christmas this year with beautiful feet. We want to look at the shepherds and examine the criteria by which God calls feet beautiful. So keeping that in mind, I want you to focus in with me on verse 10. In verses 1 through 7, we see the story of Mary giving birth to a son. And then angels appear to these shepherds. And in verse 10, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. And then the good news is described or declared in verse 11. So this passage is about good news being given to shepherds. And then we see in this passage what the shepherds do with the good news. And there's much for us to learn from this. So what I want to do is I want to just 
kind of jump into this passage and lift from it three vital aspects of the good news. Number one, notice the content of the good news. The content of the good news. There in verse 10, the angel says, I behold, behold, I bring you good news, great joy. That will be for all the people. And then in verse 11, the angel elaborates. Here's the good news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We see there the content of the good news. I want to just make two observations about the content. First of all, the good news revolves around a person. The good news revolves around a person. Notice there, the angel says, it's about a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then in verse 12 he says, this will be the sign for you. You will find a Baby, a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. There are two key realities about this, this person that the good news revolves around. First of all, this person is fully human. There in verse 11 it says, Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. He was born fully human. But what separated this birth from every other birth that's ever occurred is Jesus was born as God in human flesh. Because in verse 11 it says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, the promised Messiah that God would send from heaven, Christ the Lord, the one who rules and reigns over everything. This speaks of his deity. So when the shepherds would go and investigate and find this baby, they would actually be able to witness the fullness of God in bodily form. And this one, this baby named Jesus, is who the good news was about. The good news revolves around a person. The good news is about Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who can save you and save me from their sins. From our sins. It's all about Jesus. I like how Warren Wiersbe says it. You cannot escape Jesus Christ. The angels sang about him and he is still the theme of the greatest music. Luke wrote about him and he is still the subject of the greatest literature. The shepherds hasten to behold him and he is still at the center of the greatest art. Teachers listened to him and marveled and he is still the focal point for all truth and wisdom. He alone is worthy of our worship. And Wearsby writes, Oh, come, let us adore Him. The, the gospel, the good news, revolves around a person. But secondly, the good news focuses on His mission. What Jesus came to do. Notice it says there, in verse 11, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. This baby 
born of the Virgin Mary, is Jesus, the eternal second person of the Trinity, who left the splendor and glory of heaven, took on human flesh, and was born of Mary, coming to this earth to do something. He had a mission. And the angels tell the shepherds, the mission is salvation. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. So we learn something here important about the good news, about the gospel. The good news is different than good advice. Did you hear what I just said? The good news is different than good advice. The good news is not God giving us instructions to make ourselves acceptable to God. The Bible doesn't tell us, hey, fix up your life. Make yourself more acceptable so God will embrace you. That, that's not the good news. But if you look at other world religions, in some way, shape, or form, it's advice. Giving you instructions to make yourself better. To work your way up the ladder toward God so that maybe, just maybe, He will accept you. That is not the good news of Scripture. You see, straighten up and save yourself is not good news because we're all incapable of doing that. Right? If the Bible said, hey, earn your way to God, we'd all be in trouble because we're all incapable of that. We have all fallen short of the glory of God for us to earn our salvation, for us to earn acceptance into heaven, for us to earn a relationship with God. We would have to be perfect. And none of us are. So aren't you glad the Bible doesn't say, do better. Fix yourself. Climb the ladder to God. The Bible is not the self-help section at Books A Million. It's not good advice. The good news is this. That God did something for us. We are unable in our sin and weakness and failure to climb the ladder to God. We can't get to God in our own strength. And so here's the good news. God came to us. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus was promised. That's what the entire Old Testament is about. The promise that God is going to send a Messiah, a Redeemer, a Savior, a King who would fulfill the covenant with Abraham and the covenant with David to redeem and to rule and to reign. God says over and over again through direct uh, scriptures and through types and prophecies that he was going to send this Savior. And on this first Christmas night, the angels say, He's here. He's here, and He is a Savior. He was promised and sent for the purpose of rescuing people from their sins. He came to live a perfect life. We couldn't do that. He did it. And He came to die for our imperfection. He went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. He died in our place on the cross. So the good news is not 
fix yourself, do better. The good news is Christ has done everything necessary to save you. So trust Him. Because Jesus, born under the shadow of the cross, was crucified, dead, buried. And early on the third day, He rose from the grave. He defeated sin and death. Jesus has done everything necessary to save you. For you to be saved, though, you must embrace Him. So the fact that we can trust Christ to save us because He paid it all, that's good news. So the good news is not advice. It's actually news about something Christ actually did in human history to provide for our salvation. Let me illustrate this in a way I think that you'll understand. Through the years, on Christmas Eve, leading into early Christmas morning, while the kids are in bed, we've gotten some gifts out to have ready for them when they wake up on Christmas morning. And there are two types of gifts. One is, one that you buy, it's in a box, it's ready to go, all you got to do is open it. The other is, some assembly required. What a nightmare. Right? If our kids only knew the things we did. Some assembly required. There's tools out and there's bolts and there's parts and pieces. And you're trying to put it together because there's a deadline because they're going to get up real early that morning. Listen to me. The gospel is not some assembly required. God does his part so you kind of do your part. Meet him halfway. That's not the gospel. The gospel taught in the Word of God is this. Jesus has done it all. It is a gift that is ready for you to simply receive by faith and be saved. Aren't you glad the gospel is not some assembly required? And so, we see here the content of the good news. Secondly, we see the reception of the good news. The reception of the good news. Look in Luke chapter 1 verse 20. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 2 verse 20. Change chapters on you. Luke chapter 2 verse 20. Look what it says. The shepherds returned after they found Jesus. They returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. In verse uh, 15, they mentioned that the Lord has made known to us these things about Jesus. And then in uh, verse 20, it mentions the things that had been told them. So God appeared to these shepherds and gave them this information about the Christ, the Savior, the Lord. And I want you to see two things about these shepherds and the way they responded to the good news. First of all, they received it. They received it. The angels gave them the good news about a person who came to save, and they received. How do we know that the shepherds received the good news? Because they did something about it. They said, okay, let's go find this baby that they told us about. They believed what the angel said. They received the good news. They heard, and they went to look for Jesus. I never thought about this, but I read this quote from Francis Schaeffer about the shepherds. 
He said, though they believed with less understanding than we who have the New Testament, we have the full picture, the completed canon of Scripture. Though they believed with less understanding than we who have the New Testament, they nonetheless did believe. And, and Schaefer says this, they will be in heaven with us because of their belief in the gospel message shared by the angels fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I don't know why I'd never thought about that. But the shepherds will be in heaven. And won't it be interesting to perhaps sit down with them for a moment and say, tell me about that night. Tell me about the night that the sky lit up and the heavenly host filled the skies. Tell me about the singing Tell me about the majesty of that moment. Tell me about the angel that spoke to you about the the Christ, the Savior, who is the Lord, a baby. Tell me about how you found the house and what it was like to walk in and, and see Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus laying in the... Tell me what that was like. Won't that be an interesting conversation? These shepherds received the good news. But not only that, the shepherds rejoiced in the good news. Because look what it says there in verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. They were told about Jesus. They went and found Jesus. They laid eyes on Jesus. And when they left, they're rejoicing. They're glorifying God. They rejoiced in the good news, which, if you think about it, should be everyone's response. When you meet Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you know that you've been redeemed, you've been saved, you've been forgiven, you've been brought into a relationship with God, the overflow of that should be joy. You see, when you know Christ, your past is redeemed, your present makes sense, and your future is secure, right? And there is joy in those realities. So, for example, what's it look like to have joy upon receiving a great gift? Well, let's go back to Christmas morning with your kids. It's that moment every parent wants, right? Maybe you surprise them with something or give them something they've been wanting for a long time. They're anticipating and they open that gift, receive that gift. And you don't have to say, hey, be joyful. It just, it just comes, it just overflows. We've got pictures and videos of our kids just, just cheering or rejoicing over some gift we give them. But I want to remind you, and I know you know this, but I think it bears repeating often during this Christmas season. I want to remind you, that the greatest gift that's ever been given is Jesus. And if you have received him as your personal Lord and Savior, joy ought to be the byproduct. And if there's not joy in your life, I wonder if you understand how great the gift is. So we see here the content of the good news. And we see the reception of the good news. And all that's introduction, because I want to really focus in on number three. But I'll go fast. The delivery of the good news. 
the delivery of the good news. Now look back in verse 17. Or verse 16. It says, They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, look at this next phrase. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They shared the information that they received from the angels. They, they shared it with those in the house. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Here's what you and I know instinctively about good news. Good news by its nature is meant to be shared. And we know this in every area of life, don't we? If, if you get a promotion at work, if you get a raise, you're going to tell somebody, aren't you? If you receive some kind gift from someone else, you're going to tell somebody about that gift. If you experience some blessing in life, you're going to tell If you eat a good meal, you're going to tell somebody about how good the meal was. I do that. I'm a food evangelist. I love to tell people about the food I eat. It's just natural, isn't it? When you, when you experience something good, you want to tell someone. Good news by its nature is meant to be shared. And that is true of the good news, the gospel that Jesus saves. And we see all throughout the scriptures that God intends for there to be heralds for the good news. I mean, just think about the, the birth narrative of Christ. You have angels declaring truth about Jesus, shepherds over in verse 38, uh, Anna, the disciples. God intends for there to be heralds that speak of the good news. And now this responsibility to herald the good news falls upon us because Jesus says to his disciples in Acts 1.8, you will be witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. So everyone who's ever followed Jesus has upon them the responsibility, the joyous responsibility to herald the good news. And, and here's what I want you to understand this morning, back to the idea of feet. God grants special status to those who share the good news. Let me say that again. God grants special status to those who share the good news. Over in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15, the Bible says, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, and this is a quote from Isaiah and from uh, Zechariah. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. In other words, when you allow your feet to carry you into someone else's life so that you can then herald the good news, you can 
talk about Jesus and tell them about Jesus and point them to Jesus and let them see Jesus in you. When your feet carry you in that way, in that manner, God calls your feet beautiful. Special status for those who share the good news. And yet sometimes we act like the good news is top secret. We get together on Sundays. We sing and we talk and we preach. And we say amen. We're excited about Jesus. But when we leave, Let's stop talking about him, okay? A little uncomfortable. Might be awkward if you're talking about Jesus and your sphere of influence. Let's just, let's keep it among us. Let's celebrate the good news here, but not talk about it there. Even a cursory reading of the Bible will remind you That God intends his truth to be shared, to be heralded, his people to be witnesses of his saving power. The good news is not top secret. Amen? It's meant to be shared. There's a powerful quote from Oswald J. Smith. That is very convicting to me. This quote drives my my fervor for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. My my fervor to, to lead our church to be on mission to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Here's the quote. Especially at Christmas time. We talk of the second coming. Half the world has never heard of the first. For billions of people in this world in 2023, there is no Christmas celebration. Because there are thousands of people groups that have never even heard the name of Jesus. Oh, come all ye faithful, hark the herald angels sing, silent night away in a manger. That would mean nothing to them because they've never heard the gospel. They've never heard the good news. They've never heard that Jesus left heaven and took on humanity in the womb of the Virgin Mary and came to this earth for them. We talk about the second coming, and I'm looking forward to the return of Christ, but half the world has never heard of the first. And certainly, that should weigh on our hearts and our minds. And we should endeavor to be like these shepherds. We've heard the good news, we've 
received the good news. We've rejoiced in the good news. Now it's time to let our feet be beautiful as we go and tell others about Christ. So here's the takeaway for you and for me this morning. We've talked about celebrating Christmas on your knees. We've talked about celebrating Christmas in your hearts. But this morning, I want to encourage you to celebrate this Christmas by taking the good news to others, celebrating with beautiful feet. May we pray for the lost in a lost world. May we give that others might hear. May we go and tell May we be witnesses in our neighborhoods and among the nations. May we do everything required to reach the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we be people that have beautiful feet. Just like these shepherds. You know, I talked about this a little bit last week, but the shepherds were the lowliest of the low in society. They did not have social standing. They did not experience wealth and comfortable living. In fact, they were despised by most. And yet God called shepherds to be the first witnesses of the birth of Jesus. And though no, no one else thought much about these shepherds, God looked at them and said, they have beautiful feet. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.